Chris Brawley, you are a Jesuit novice. You're in your second year in the novitiate in Birmingham and you're over here in Ireland in Gardiner Street doing what's part of the novice's job as they go through their two-year training. So you're working on a kind of an experiment, as it's called. So tell me about yourself and the work you're doing. So as you said, I'm in the second year um, of the, the novitiate. I'm originally from the northeast of England, from Newcastle. And obviously in our novitiate in Birmingham, we train with the British and the Irish and the uh, Flemish and the Dutch. So that means that when we get sent out of the novitiate on placements, it can be anywhere in those provinces. So that's why, that's how a British Jesuit novice arrives in, in Ireland. Um, I was asked to, or I asked the novice master for uh, the chance to experience working uh, with people in great need, uh, with uh, Jesuits who I could learn lots from. And uh, he kind of listened to that and then, you know, in the same conversation said, well, Peter McVerry. So uh, that's why I'm here in Gardner Street. I'm, I'm staying here in the Gardner Street community, but um, for the last three months I've been working at the drop-in centre on Sherrard Street, uh, Peter McVerry's office, so to speak. Just round the corner here? Just round the corner, yeah. Had you known about Peter before you came here? Uh, I'd, I'd heard about him as uh, once I'd joined the novitiate because he's held up as an example of um, a man who's sort of changed the lives of many people through his faith and through the commitment to social justice he has. Um, I'd not heard of him before I joined the Jesuits, uh, you know, with not being Irish. But then, um, and, and once I've been here in Dublin, well, uh, every, everyone's heard of him. So it's been an absolute privilege to basically hang around with him, uh, watch how he, how he lives out his Jesuit vocation and to learn from him. And basically what I do in the centre is I just hang around with the homeless people who come, I befriend them, I talk to them, support them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite say spiritually. Um, I mean, we do have spiritual conversations, however, but uh, basically I'm just there for them. Uh, but every, anything that I give them, they've given to me as well. I mean, it's, it's just been wonderful getting to know people who are from a totally different background to myself. Yeah, so as I said, it's, it's just been a great experience. Yeah, because I think if people who are familiar with Peter's office, I've interviewed him in that office myself, and you could go in and he's surrounded by people and they might be smoking, and <laughs> he's got his feet up on the table and there are people coming and going in all sorts of different stages yeah. of getting yeah. well again or, yeah. or getting housed. So it, it can be quite a shock to the system if you're not used to the, uh, an orderly way of living. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd worked in deprived or marginalised communities before I joined the society. That's why I wanted this experiment, was to test out whether my, my sort of sense of vocation could be fulfilled around um, people who are struggling. And uh, yes, it's chaotic, but there's, there's some real beauty and um, humanity uh, amidst that madness. It's just you have to you have to accompany that the eclectic experiences you have with kind of lots of prayer and reflection to digest it and to kind of sift through the daily experiences um, to see how God was kind of communicating in the conversations and in the experiences. Saint Ignatius' prayer, the examine, which mm. he recommended for yeah. Jesuits. Um, where you reflect on the day with gratitude and try to see things through God's eyes. Has that been an important tool for you in reflecting on the day? Yeah, absolutely essential. I mean, um, I do it twice a day, once at lunchtime when I come back and then once in the afternoon. If anything, I kind of reflect on the half day um, because so much has been happening, um, so much to take in. And 
I guess it's about being grateful to God because he's given me so many experiences. If I wasn't reflecting on it, um, it would be a bit like wolfing down a dinner without tasting any of the flavours. So um, there's a lot to do with gratitude in that prayer, but there's a massive amount to do with attentiveness and spotting where God is calling me to be and how God is calling me to be, how he's calling me to develop and deepen in compassion, humanity, solidarity. And that's something Peter's very strong about, isn't it? The, the solidarity, I mean, we're not... It's a privilege, as you say, to be working with people like this who are God's privileged people because they are people who need so who need certain things and they give so much back yeah absolutely i mean one thing that i did as well as working in the center and praying about the center is in my free time i was reading peter's writings so he has three books the meaning in the shadows jesus a social revolutionary and god of mercy god of the gospels and so that was giving me a kind of a spiritual background to the work that peter does because it would be very easy to, to turn up at his centre and kind of think, well, where's the faith in this? Because it doesn't seem or it doesn't strike you as, a, as obviously uh, in faith as, say, a church would or uh, a charity that was paying for, I don't know, for, for some sort of church works. But when you understand about the mercy that's involved in rehabilitation uh, and in forgiving and in moving forward then it, yeah, it opens up total new depths to your own spiritual life and your appreciation of people um, and the difficulties they, they face. And uh, Peter says himself that his time, at the, his time working with the homeless has you know, changed his, his, the way he reads the Gospels. So I, I've had a flavour of that by, through my, my work but also my reading. You, you did say you've already worked before you joined the Jesuits, you worked with people in marginalised communities. Has this experience changed you in any way? Yeah, hugely. I mean, it, it, I would say it's deepened me. I wouldn't say it's changed me. I found God in helping people uh, who had been left out or hadn't been given the same opportunities as others. But this has allowed me to deepen that and to, to get to know people, to, to really uh, learn how you can serve people in a difficult circumstance. There's many, many ways it's changed me. Just Some of it is almost inexpressible. It's just a kind of a accompaniment and really allowing myself to be affected so I said about befriending I mean when you befriend someone when you genuinely befriend someone and like them it hurts you even more to see them in a, in a bad state or a bad way so I guess the way it's changed me the most or deepened me the most is just I've allowed myself to be vulnerable and to be fragile and to to be hurt by the lives that some of my you know newly found friends are leading or have been born into and so it's kind of given me a, a deeper hunger to, to help in uh, people like this in the future yeah and that can be very stressful in some levels because you're confronted with people who've experienced an awful lot of pain in their lives and continue to do so and have been pushed out to the the margins in society and we have a huge homelessness problem here at the moment so it's not easy to to remedy do you get a chance as well to recharge your own batteries and to look after yourself, which is important? And I know Peter would think that was important too, though there are those who would say he doesn't do a lot of it himself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I have, I say, I have at least at least a day off a week. I mean, the first few weeks that I was here, I, I was a, a, a proper tourist. Uh, you know, I just I wanted to get to know about the area, the culture, the people, the history. I'd been to Dublin before, but. It felt different because this time I was living it, living it out. 
but uh, I'm sporty. I go running, so I've ran along the canal or along the bay. And again, that's another good way to get to know the geography of the place and to get to know the, the streets and, and the makeup. Yeah, and then, I mean, I've also been doing a little bit of work in the parish here, so that's been a kind of, even though it's not necessarily relaxation, it's certainly a kind of escapism from the intensity and a taste of a different type of Jesuit life. What age are you, Chris? Uh, 28, 29 in May. Yeah. You look younger than that. <laughs> and this is part of your training for remaining within the Jesuits. It's a very important two years, and people often make big decisions at the end of these two years, either way, about staying or leaving and their suitability. How does that sit with you at this stage? Has it helped you even more? Are you more convinced in your vocation? Yeah, um, absolutely. What I, would, what I would say is these long experiments are often people are sent to to give them experiences they've never had before or to uh, really challenge them by putting them in really far out of their comfort zones. But the, the thing I really wanted from this experiment was to see whether my deepest desires could be realised inside the Society of Jesus and seeing the works of, of people like Peter McVeary and the way in which he's given himself selflessly, self-sacrificially to troubled communities to make the lives of people better. Um, has, has confirmed me in my sense of vocation. But as I said, not just in the uh, the day-to-day reality, but also in the, sp- the spiritual side that comes from that reality. So certainly I, I would... It's, it's difficult to express, whilst I'm still doing it, how I'll reflect on this placement, but all I can say is that it's been a 99.9% uh, total consolation. I've loved being here amongst uh, the, the, the kind of the working people of North Dublin, it's an area of real character. It's very similar to my own home, hometown. So I've loved the place and I've loved the people I've been with and I've been in great consolation. So overall, it's been a greatly confirming time for my vocation, yeah. And the 0.1%? Uh, the, the 0.1%. Yeah, the 0.1%. Uh, there's been times when um, I can see that the church in Ireland has, has gone through, like obviously, a, a very troubled recent, recent uh, history. And I think I can see that the, the, the people are disturbed and bewildered by that. So you're, you're very conscious that you're working in a context where uh, people are going through a difficult time. Um, uh, I, think, I think the church is trying to win back some of its integrity and authenticity, and that can only come from inspiring examples. But, you know, the, the 0.1% when I found it difficult is just when I've been to Mass and I kind of think that, that sometimes it, it, it seems like... The, the, perp- the sense of purpose, uh, why we come to Mass. I mean, it should be a joyful celebration and that we should be in- enthused by the sacrifice of Jesus and that should imbue us to leave Mass, really inspired to do our duty as Christians and, and not to go to Mass out of a sense of duty. Um, so just sometimes I've detected that there's still a bit of maturing and a bit of um, renaissance required amongst like the, the church. But as I said, with, with examples of like Peter and and other people in the church who've been very inspiring, like some of the young adult groups that I've been taking part in in my own free time. I'm sure that that'll that'll come in time, but that's just been the minor minor moments of desolation or or frustration. Human experience. It wouldn't be normal if you Mm -hmm. didn't. Uh, In terms of your own vocation, when did did you realise you you might have a vocation and why the Jesuits? Oof. um, Well... Now that I look back on my life and kind of um, feed it through the or look back at it through the prism of pursuing a vocation, I can see that throughout my life I've been being formed and tested and 
developed by God in the many experiences given me, even in the mistakes that I've made in my past or the times that I'm not particularly proud or fond of, I can see that it all was there for a purpose. Like, so in, in many respects, it started from day one, but uh, to be frank, I mean, I'm 28, nearly 29 now, but it wasn't until I was 25, 26 that the, the idea even popped into my head. It's a bit of a funny story. I was going to a young adult prayer group in Newcastle and someone asked me the school that I was teaching in and I told them that it was, you know, the reason I was teaching there is because it was a a community near to where my family was from but it was very deprived and and it needed help in my opinion and that's where I wanted to be and he said, but it's not a faith school and I said, yeah, that's right but, you know, I think it's all the more reason we need to be there in terms of, like, it the, the, the poverty that's experienced by the people and he said so you're teaching in a in a non-faith school for reasons of faith that's a very Jesuit thing to do <laughs> and I I didn't know what that meant I thought he meant like Jesus or something so <laughs> I, I went away and looked up the uh, the Society of Jesus and I was really just blown away by the a lot of the ethos and a lot of the kind of the raison d'etre of the society um, uh, you know trying to share the faith uh, and and the great deepening and liberation that the faith can bring to, to people in, in, in every circumstance, in every part of their life. So I was blown away by the kind of ethos of the Jesuits. Then I looked into the figures of the history of the society from obviously Ignatius of Loyola and Francis Xavier right the way through to people like Walter Shizek and the modern day Jesuits. And I was just really inspired by their lives. And so that kind of kicked off a process of looking into this seriously uh, and all I can say is that I've just I've approached every stage with generosity and I've given it my all, knowing that if I give it my all, I'll have no regrets whether it works out or not. And all I can say is that I've been generous, but then God's been 10 times more generous back to me in, in that time. And so, yeah, so all I would say is that it's not, well, there wasn't like a road to Damascus moment. It was a series of moments that I spotted in my life that made me more and more attentive to God's call. That would be how it began. So you're an English Catholic, but for your background is Irish and with a name like Brawley. <laughs> have to ask you, are you anything to the famous Joe Brawley? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't really know exactly. Um, I do know that he, I think he's from, is it Magrafelt? Yeah. And my family... My, Twenty Derry, my, Yeah, my paternal family emigrated from just outside Draperstown, a farm uh, in County Derry. So it would be a surprise if I was that close to him and not related, but... Uh, but yes, what was your family's name? Not their Brawley name, but their first names. My family's name is Brawley. Uh, so I, th- I think my great-granddad was something uh, like, I think it was Patrick Brawley. I think, yeah, Patrick Brawley. And then he emigrated to the northeast in search of work uh, during the, the First World War. And then and he worked in the steelworks in a place called Concert in County Durham. And I'm pretty sure that my granddad just followed his profession driving the cranes. I mean, I'm from what I would call a, an Irish Catholic f- uh, family because, I mean, if you go to places in the north of England like Tyneside or Merseyside, the vast majority of Catholics are of Irish descent. I, I guess I'm fairly unusual in terms of British population in that both of my f- families, both of my maternal and paternal families are Catholic. I, I don't know the genealogy perfectly, but I think it's safe to say that there's a fair bit of Irish in me, but I suppose everyone says that, don't they? <laughs> and with a name like Brawley the resident, if Joe Brawley's listening, maybe he'll get in touch and let us know if he is related <laughs> to you or not. He'd be very lucky if he is. <laughs> we wish you all the best, Chris, with your work here. You're finishing off and going back, I know, at the end of the week. And we look forward to hearing from you maybe after your university is over. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thanks.